Podcast, the podcast open to everyone, uh, especially Kiru Kazuma. My name is Luke. I am your host of the Never Open Podcast, and with me is all as is always. Yep, is Mister Guy. Say hello, Mister Guy. Hello, Mister Guy. Is am always will be and have <laughs> been. Uh, hello, Luke, and hello to the listeners. I hope everybody's doing good out there. I know we just released a huge episode, the like literally like t- twenty four hours ago. <laughs> so but we're back for the fucking new japan cup finals and we're getting this in because we got a nice little break coming up here so we'll be hitting some never realm up and oh, who yeah. knows what, what we'll get to do but uh, i'm excited to talk about one show just one show kind of feels nice doesn't it so like it does. We, we did a four episode show a, f- a four night show a five night show Holy shit, it feels nice to do a one-night show. And uh, before we get onto that, there's ways people can uh, contact and interact with us if they wish to. We're on the Tweety. I'm at Grumpy2BB. Mr. Guy is at Drusifer Tweets. Collectively, we are at NeverOpenPod. If you want to send us a written or voice email, you can do that too. NeverOpenPod at gmail.com. If you've got a bit of extra money, kick it our way with our Teespring store where you can look at Never as... <gasps> Fuck. There we go. Yeah, man. Well, we got it early, otherwise I forget. A tremendous uh, voicey email we're here from a little later. We're finally going to get to a wrestler diary that's been sitting in the inbox for the last two episodes. Yes. We're going to cover the New Japan Cup finals. And uh, Luke, this place. Okay, so this venue that they're at, it's another one of these like city hall plaza type deals where like, (laughs) <laughs> no, it's it's City Hall, but it's also like a community center with a big old venue in it, right? And so this place has this multi-purpose venue arena, and it's the home arena of the like they're in Nigata, right? So it's the Nigata Albix BB of the B League, Japan's professional basketball league, and they fucking suck compared to the yeah, Dolphins. Fuck that I team. guarantee it. But I'm Dolphin pretty sure that's. I'm pretty sure that's the only form of entertainment these these uh, fans have in in this Nagata area or Nagaoka or wherever this is because they had they reminded me of that remember that place they went not that long ago in the G1 I think and there was like they, they hadn't had wrestling in like 20 years or something like that and the place and was just like nuts. losing their mind that's exactly what this place was like but times 10 <laughs> it was crazy <laughs> these people were insane Dude, there must be jack shit to do in this city as well because uh, right at the start, Kevin pretty much calls it a shithole. He just buries the town straight away. 
Their fans <laughs> are awesome. They were hanging from the rafters. It was like that kind of deal. And, you know, every single fan was just insane in this place. I mean, yeah, we'll get to it in the matches, what kind of things they were popping for. <laughs> yeah. so great. Normally I'd be like, all right, do we want to jump straight in the show or do an email or whatever? I want to jump straight in the show because I'm kind of excited to talk about it. But uh, so uh, fuck it. Let Fireworks Factory, we got there nice and early. I took the shortcut. Let's do it because we start off with a very smart match because the crowd's hot. Might as well uh, get them hotter because we've got Yuto Nakashima and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Man, they go nuts for Tanahashi versus <laughs> Adoki and the Holy Emperor Taichi. And as soon as I saw this on the card, I was like, yay, just five guys are getting a win. At least one win tonight. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so bringing Tanner out for the start is very clever. This match is actually really kind of fun too. Crowd goes nuts when like Tanahashi tags in, <laughs> Dragon Screw on Doki, a Canadian one on Tai Chi, and they're both like, please, no, don't. There's no need for this. No, fuck <laughs> you. We're getting Dragon Screwed. <laughs> oh, man. Tanner's doing great, like, taking care of both Doki and Taichi, but usually Nakashima's like, Oi, tag me in. And Tanner looks out back at him. He's like, why the fuck would I tag you in? I'm under control here. Tag me in. So he tags him in. And, oh, crap, man, I loved it. I don't, know what, I don't know what the training schedule's like for young lions or anything like that. I I think Yuto Nakashima has been like uh, hitting up the Never guys in the back and going, "Oh, teach me some stuff," because, oh damn, he's going freaking hard lately. Even uh, deciding that it's a good idea to trade kicks with Tai Chi. <laughs> no, it's not. But uh, there's an axe bomber on him, and he gets to kick out of that, and uh, he gets pinned with a dangerous suplex. Dangerous. And, uh, yeah, post-match, even even though uh, Kevin Kelly has been like, I like Doki. I hope he does well in the best <laughs> of Super Juniors. Doki's got, got his pole, and he's just like, <clears throat> right near Kevin's face. And Kevin's like, what the fuck, man? Why? You're putting you over. <laughs> <laughs> That's just amazing. I Like, you knew this was going to be an amazing crowd when, like, okay, so it was, I think it was Taichi and Nakashima that started, or maybe it was Doki and Nakashima. They're doing headlocks, and the crowd's losing their mind for <laughs> headlocks. That's <laughs> amazing. So, that just made me laugh so hard, the, and the whole bit where, you know, Tanahashi kept turning around and just being like, nah, I'm not going to tag you in, because then we're going to lose. <laughs> you know? And the crowd's <laughs> like, oh, come on. Come on, tag him in. And then Tanahashi's like, no, he did it twice. And the crowd, and then when they tagged him in, they were kind of like, maybe you were right, Tanahashi. <laughs> oh, my God. That match was so much fun. And uh, next we have one that is just out of this world good. So it's Shota Umino and Rihoai Iwa versus Zack Sabre Jr. and Fujita. Now, I have been, like, kind of like, uh, you know, Shota Umino's entrance is going to get so old, and I've been bitching about it. Well... In this setting, it's incredible because this crowd is like vibrating with excitement. Where's he going to come from? Where's, oh, there he is, you know, and they lose their mind. And I don't know if you noticed this, Luke, but this is like the most comfortable, um, you know, accepting and like, 
I, I didn't see Shota Umino the person anymore, or whatever his real name is. I saw Shota Umino the wrestler who, you know, who does exactly what Shota Umino the wrestler would do in every situation and never once broke character or anything. And not only that, but he just looked so relaxed as a wrestler for the first time ever. Like, I don't know. I just, he just, like, just him getting in the ring. It was like, oh my God, there's such a difference between yeah. that and just two months ago. So, I that was like mind blowing just seeing him get in the ring. I don't know why. So I was I was like this crowd. They were just like moving their arm, and I'm going, oh my god. <laughs> so like I don't know. Like I said, something's changed. He's settling in, or maybe he just really loves wrestling. Zack Saber Jr. It could be that too. So Kevin <laughs> uh, Kelly is on commentary and unsolicited. He just says that uh, Zack Saber Jr. versus Shota was the best match in the tournament, and it's hard to argue with that. That match was incredible. Naito versus yeah. ELP was also awesome. It just didn't, you know, it didn't have the story elements that, uh, True. you know. And that way Shingo as well for me. Ah, really man, that's, that's, too. that's good shit. And it's new people we're talking about at the top yeah. of these, you know, like in our top 10 lists, you know, and all that stuff. So that we do all the time. But, uh, yeah, they <laughs> so the Young Lions start and they do Young Lion things, right? And Zach Saber Jr., he's like on the apron, so he's calling spots. For Fujita, he's like, all right, do this. Now do that. And, and then he wants him to do the uppercut, right? And they're still they're still pretty crappy, you know. But Shota tags in, and he's like, oh, oh, you wanted to see some uppercuts? Well, check this out. And he starts hitting hitting Fujita with uppercuts <laughs> to show Zach what they're like. And he just, again, he just looks so comfortable, like he's having an absolute blast. I don't know. It's just something's different. So, so the two heavyweights get in, and this is as good as pro wrestling's going to get. That doesn't get any better than what these guys are able to do with each other. It's incredible. So Zach, he's like, oh, why don't you show me an uppercut? You showed Fujita. Why don't you show me one? So they just start uppercutting the shit out of each other. <laughs> this is awesome. Fujita tags in and he runs over to the corner and uh, Iowa is like standing on the second rope trying to like yell for a tag and just fucking Fujita just double chops him with both hands and Iowa goes flying off the apron. The crowd's like, oh my God, it's awesome. I love that. Fujita gets a double wrist lock on Shota and he has to get a rope break, but he tries a suplex, but no, exploder and STF, but Zach gets in and everybody gets in and fights and it's really fun. Uh, dropkick, Death Rider, Shota Umino wins while kind of like fucking with Zach, who's being held back like just a few feet away. It's tremendous character work. And, you know, afterwards, Shota sh shoves the belt all up in Zach's face and he wants and he says the word challenge. We hear it. And Zach's like, OK, dickhead, but are you ready? He's like, this is only going to be 15 minutes and it's a championship level match. This isn't some tournament to get a championship match. This is the actual thing. So I'm excited for that. I do like at one point, uh, Zach Saber Jr. is like, ask Moxley for another jacket, dickhead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> man, I wonder if, is Vegeta that bad at European uppercuts, or is he downplaying his skill at European uppercuts to be like having fun with this kind of thing? Because yeah. either way, I don't care if he's bad and getting better with, with Zach's tutelage, or he's kind of making it out like he's not that great at him just to kind of add to the story. I don't know. But the Vegeta Zack Sabre Jr. thing is working for me. I, I think it's amazing. Uh, so uh, either way, it, it, it's great stuff. Shooter, I agree. He does feel more relaxed. I could see him being more nervous before the New Japan Cup, 
man, it's my first big tournament in New Japan. I hope I don't do badly. And now he's on the other side of that. And he's like, oh, man, I crushed it. It must have been a weight off his mind and just a weight off him in general. And he's just, yeah, maybe that's that's the reason. He's had, um, he had an okay match with Yujiro. That's okay, Shooter. Everyone has okay matches with Yujiro, even Okada. Even Okada. <laughs> so that don't just ignore that. But uh, your Zack Sabre Jr. and David Finley matches were great, especially the Zack Sabre Jr. one. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a good reason for him to be a bit more chill now. He he, he can do it, and uh, he can do it very well. Yeah. Kind maybe feels everybody like... started – like, maybe he had that huge match, and everybody started being nice to him backstage, whereas, like, before he was just, like, a new guy, and they were all fucking with him or something. I don't know what it's like backstage there, but I could imagine – there might be some shenanigans like that going on, you know? <laughs> yeah, never know. Oh, you're just a red shoe son or something like that. But uh, he, yeah, I think he proved himself big time, which is uh, super awesome. All right, so next we have uh, Tomoaki Honma, Tomohiro Ishii, and Tamatonga versus El Fantasmo, Chase Owens, and Kenta. Chase snots on Ishii, you know, and I'm just like, fuck you, dude. Then does like a, a like a Canadian drop kick through the ropes. What an asshole! But uh, this match is lots of fun. I love I love Ishii in multi man. Ma- I love just love Ishii in general, really. But uh, Ishii in multi man matches because you're always going to get that spot where he's going to duck some guy, make make the other guys kick kick their own side, all that kind of stuff. It's just <sighs> I just love that. They eventually turn the tide and Ishii has to get the tag tag. And I like Tamatonga in this match. Why? He's not doing Bullet Club stuff. That's why. No, I, I I know we've said that before, but I don't know. It this in this match in this setting, I don't know. I, I really liked him. This man can move. He gets the crowd going, and he's not doing those things that make us go stop doing that, stop doing that. So uh, I kind of I I got into it. So uh, look, <laughs> ELP gets to do his backrake stuff, pumping up the yeah. crowd. All that kind of stuff is really cool. And then El Fantasmo and Hodma finish up. They have a really cool exchange. Uh, but uh, ELP's not eating any Kakeshis. He's just going to step out of the way. No, thank you. <laughs> and sudden death on Hodma. Actually, I've kind of liked Hodma this tour. He's, he's been a lot of fun. So, yeah, even though he's jobbing out every night. Uh, ELP makes a kind of a, a threat to Finley at the end. He's like, uh, do it for the club, man. Do it for the club or else. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens there. Right in the middle of this match, there's that spot where, like, Ish or excuse me, uh, Hanma and ELP are running the ropes. (laughs) It's so funny because Hanma has to take like two and a half steps for ELP's like one, right? So Hanma looks like he's like skittering across the ring, and ELP looks like a fucking, you know, like uh, like a deer or gazelle, just like leaping, you know. And he has he slows Majestic down and for graceful. him. <laughs> it's very obvious, and it's really funny. I like that a lot. I also really enjoyed the Ishii kills all of Bullet Club and makes them kill themselves. Thanks, dude. That was, that was fantastic. So. All right, so this next match isn't really a match. Basically, it's like a story. It's a segment. And what it is, is it's a, the, like disguised as a match. It's a House of Torture versus Ren Narita, Desperado, Toguchi, and Toriano. And it's just a giant brawl. Like, they don't even get to the ring. It's just everybody's fighting in the in the entrance. And uh, Toguchi is about to beat Pimpy with the ankle lock when um, 
I think somebody grabs the ref, right? Or wait, Pimpy grabs the ref. So then Spanner to the head, big juice. Pimpy wins. He pins to Gucci. But it, I mean, it literally happens in like two minutes. And then House of Torture beat up Strong Style after the match. They absolutely destroy him, right? So show rips Desperado's mask off and he's having fun with that. And then, and then something that is really unintentionally so funny happens. Okay. So evil is like, I guess, you know, Red Narita has a son of strong style shirt and like, you know, evil's like, fuck your son of strong style rips his shirt off and he pulls out some spray paint. <laughs> he just spray paints hot. Oh, oh yeah. I know what he's going for. House of Torture. But <laughs> But it just looks like some weird, that like, I don't know. So right now. <laughs> I, yeah, it looks like some weird sex thing. It's so funny. So, some, like, S&M thing. He's spray-painted, dude. Like, this one is marked hot. I will take him for later. Like, that kind of game. <laughs> it's so funny. And then, I mean, the way, you know, evil's dress doesn't help. So, uh. That shit was really funny and uh, out of context. It's awesome. But in context, it's also like oh, pretty funny as well. So Evil cuts a promo and Desperado runs after him and gets destroyed again and unmasked again. <laughs> so I loved oh, this. So I loved fun. it because uh, Suzuki's not, not here to kind of like uh, balance things out. So uh, how's the torture? You know, Katamaru Gambit at the start, by the way. Not many tags at all. Matches over in a couple minutes, as you said. But uh, I really like this. This is House of Torture being not cartoon villains. Well, I know he wrote hot on Ren Marita, but shut up. <laughs> <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> but uh, this is them being, well, evil. Evil guys. Bad, really bad guys. Not cartoon jokes. I like that. This is pretty much House of Torture going, fuck you guys. We're going to come for those titles. This is, this is like them... Being like, yep, we've just uh, declared war. So I reckon, like, these six men, when they have their uh, uh, never six-man title match, it's going to be a freaking brawl, man. It's going to be really violent, really awesome. Dude, they it's even, gonna like... Hot. It's yeah, going to be really hot. Yeah. See? That's how you make it hot, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yes, good pun. But uh, oh, so they even like the, the visual of a darkness scorpion on Renarita as he's getting garroted by Dick Togo. And I'm like, holy shit. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of into this. Uh, not kind of. I am into this because this is what you do with House of Torture. You make them fuck up the good guys. And now anyone watching this is just like, oh, I want to see Desperado and Renarita fuck these guys up. Bad. I want to see that. And I love House of Torture. So, and they will. Yeah. You will see it. Yeah, you know, it'll happen. And also they were like, like House of Torture was doing the like, you know, gaslighting thing where they're like, what the heck? You didn't even bring the titles? You know, we always brought our titles to the ring. You know, like that kind of thing when they legit tried to hide the titles so they couldn't defend them. Said they, <laughs> they were like, remember, the they were like, they were like, we lost them or something like that. So we, we forgot them at home. But uh, Luke, after that, we get one of the coolest things that happens in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and we haven't had one since uh, Akira, which, what, what is this? Tell me what happened. All right. So we get a kind of very Godzilla-ish, like, um, promo package. I think there's, like, a, a shot of a red wolf in there somewhere as well, and it's 
I don't know, it just feels like it feels like this montage of the calm before the storm before Godzilla comes and like stomps on everything. That's just the vibe I got from the package. I, I really liked it. No idea who it is. Uh, the tweet is blowing up with all these kinds of ideas and stuff. I think the most popular one was Yoda Suji or something like that. But yeah, uh, nifty little package. Doesn't reveal too much, and uh, I want more. I it would be interesting, you know, if it was Yuya Uemura because he never had a gimmick Ooh. of any kind. You know what I mean? So if he comes back with something new, that would be like neat. Uh, you know what the the thing reminded me of? I like watched that and I was like, is Aerostar coming to New Japan? Because it, <laughs> like, like it seems like it's like an astronaut coming to Earth or something like that, kind of, you know. But uh, even like uh, Chris Charlton was like, Spaceman? Something like that. So maybe Space Monkey's coming to New Japan. You know, he's tremendous. I expected but, uh, when, they, when they cut to space, right, I expected there to be like Tanahashi and Ibushi up there as well. <laughs> flying through the nice. air. Yeah. Down in lower orbit was uh <laughs> was the guy from Noah that jumps off the ring and goes flying through the air. I can't remember now. Uh you ain't there's I think state AT, but yeah, yeah. It was uh it was the main guy in, in Noah and for some reason I can't remember his name right now. He's awesome. But yes, um, that he is also there. So next, man, I re- this match is great. Uh, even though the finish kind of breaks my heart, but uh, they better have a direction for Great Khan soon. But we got uh, Shingo Takagi and Tetsuya Naito versus Aaron Hanare and the Great Khan. We got Shingo and Hanare starting us off, and it is awesome. And man, I was so worried at some point during the New Japan Cup. I'm like, oh, Ishi Shingo looks great. Did you forget it, Hanare? No. Awesome. Naito and Hanari mix it up as well, and then uh, Great Okan, he tags, and then he corner sits on Naito for <laughs> ages, for a long time. And then uh, Hanare just uh, comes up and does one of his freaking um, stiff punches right in the Naito's butt, and I'm just like, all right, man, you got to get your blows in where you can. That's <laughs> There's a uh, nice gut wrench on Naito. By uh, the Great Khan. Naito fires back with a, a neck breaker. There's headbutt trades with Hanare and Shingo. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> There's a strike trade with Shingo, and then uh, Shingo sucks Hanare in. You know, when he goes to do his lariat and they duck, boom, DDT. I always love that little spot. This match is great, and it's never as hell when, as fuck when Hanare and Shingo are going at it because, you know, it's a preview for their. Big match coming up. And then uh, Great Khan gets the crowd gasping and me. I was like, yeah, get him, Great Khan. Because Great Khan hits a TTD on Naito. And, and, and I'm like, oh, Naito's losing this? What? But no, victory roll on the Great Khan. And uh, LIJ win. Hanare and Shingo just uh, keep battling it out on the, on the outside after the match. Yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. I, the, yeah. This is when I came in live, like, because I wasn't going to get up at 4 a.m. Sorry, New Japan. Oh. Um, but uh, so I, I showed up right around then, and I was like, holy fucking shit, this crowd's going insane. And they lost their mind for Naito. might have been the biggest reaction of the night. And Naito's like, cool, I'm just going to sell this whole match then. And that's kind of what he does. He just gets his <laughs> ass kicked the whole match, and it's awesome because it makes everybody else look great. And, you know, and also it's funny. Hanari just gets up in Shingo's face and he's like, my rules. Uh. That's right. And it's a good move by Naito to do that. Just be a bump machine this match because uh, 
the story of this match isn't about him. It's about uh, Shingo and uh, Hanare. So, you know, that's pretty good because, yes, he does get the loudest pops almost every night. It's almost like, it's uh, like... they should do something with that man. <laughs> well, they will. Don't worry. They're I know. just kind of playing for Naito. And he, like, like, right now, he seems like he's in really good physical health. Just by the way you see him moving and stuff, like he just, man, he's like got a little extra, you know, snapping his bumps and stuff. And it's been a little while since we've seen that. So I, I like uh, I like the way he looks right now. It's good. So anyway, well, next match, you know, we have an amazing team uh, on both sides. And there's like one ref backstage. It's like, I want this match. And it's referee <laughs> Marty Asami, who is now here. And it's a six-man tag match with two amazing dream teams. We got Jeff Cobb. And Aussie Open versus Team Fisherman. Well, they suck, but and O'Connor. So that's, but that's, you know, that's a good Chaos team versus a fantastic United Empire team. What? That's yeah. pretty cool. So Yoshihashi and Fletcher start, and United Empire just fuck up Yoshihashi. They beat up Goto too. It's awesome. I, I hope they just never stop. But you know, eventually Okada has to get a tag in, you know, to save the Fisherman because they. I can't believe it. It was But then we get some Cobb versus Okada. It's really good shit. But it boils down to a really great exchange for Yoshihashi and Dunkzilla. Fucking Goto gets in two because uh, United Empire, um, he causes them to hit each other, which is upsetting. And there's, a, But a big drop kick from, uh, on Cobb from Okada out of nowhere. Fisherman up. Uh, but flying kick from Fletcher while Yoshihashi's in the ropes trying to come back for one of his uh, big moves. And they destroy Yoshihashi, hit Coriolis for the win. Fletcher shit talks Goto right to his fucking dumb face after the match. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> get it. <laughs> Dude, Aussie Open of Stars, man. I said that on the Tweety. They're, like, if you, if you didn't, like, we... I think everyone knew that they're a great tag team. Well, this tournament just showed they're awesome at singles as well. Then you combine the two and they're fucking deadly. These guys are stars. They can, they, these two men can make it work separate and together. It's just, oh, it's yeah. fantastic. And they they complement the Bishamon guys well. I don't know what it is about Yoshihashi and Goto that I just see these two Aussies and just be like, I really like wrestling these guys. Man, we're going to go hard and it's going to be awesome because they seem like they've been pretty motivated since they've, they've had this tag run. But this feud, man, it's, I like it. I like it a lot. And, hey, uh, as much as I like me some Bishamon, I want to see the tag titles on some Aussie boys, please. Yeah. <laughs> Fisherman, that's right. Yeah. So it's going to be great stuff. And uh, it's weird to see Jeff Cobb wrestling Okada. And then, like, at the end of the match, he's like, I'm coming for you, Omega. I'm like, <laughs> I know. Oh, that's, that's why <laughs> I was confused last episode. I was like, is he wrestling Okada or Kenny Omega? Couldn't remember. Well, top guys <laughs> either way. He's, it's like, it's funny. One time uh, I was, uh, Lexus Montez rode with me down to the show and he was on it and he was in a, a, a Royal Rumble, right? style match and he's like he's you know you get your order of who's going to go out and that's kind of how royal rumble works is that you know who the person who's going out before you is so when they go out it's your turn to go out right so and you know you just knows when it's going to happen and so he like wouldn't go out of the match i could tell like something wasn't right and he's like i was waiting for the top guy to throw me out <laughs> so he 
like kept picking a fight with the top guy in the company to get him to throw him out of the ring because that's better for his character than just some Joe Schmo. <laughs> he didn't want to get thrown out by a jobber. He's like, yeah. who's the top champion dude? All right, you. you. Throw me out. And that's fucking funny. He wants to be kept strong in a, in a battle royal where it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, in some shitty town in Kentucky. Oh, that's such a that's very that's very wrestling. That's funny. <laughs> All right, dude. Here next we have a match that uh, I did have to have a second squiz at because these guys move at a million miles an hour for like twenty whole minutes, and at one point I was just like, I don't think this is last night. I don't think I'm going to be able to like tweety write notes for this and watch the show at the same time because these guys are just doing too much too fast. So I just uh, sat on the couch and uh, just uh, didn't really touch the tweet all that much until the match was over. And then I knew straight away, I was just like, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to watch this match again, which is, oh, wow. What a, what a, what a bad problem to have. I have to watch Leo Rush versus Romy Takahashi again. So uh, Rush comes out with uh, face paint on his face. Uh, just, uh, I assume, to bring out his darker side. That's what uh, Kevin said, to get more in touch with that side. Also, did Yo do the face paint? Because if so, it looks cool. Wait, it looks cool. So no, no, he didn't do it. All right. He would have used pee. He would have like <laughs> dyed pee and used that. Yellow paint. For, you know, yeah, yeah, it doesn't stay on as well as golden acrylics. paint. No. <laughs> golden, golden paint. That's amazing. So, as I said, everyone, this match is fast. And if you want to be able to catch everything, you might want to put it on uh, 0.5 speed on the replay. There's a rope running feeling out process, which is super fast. Ends with a suicida by Rush. There's a sunset bomb attempt by uh, Hiromu turned into an apron bomb. I'm like, dude, if Hiromu wants to powerbomb your ass, you're getting powerbombed somewhere, somehow. It's happening. <laughs> so uh, I guess uh, some people are just like, uh, do I have to take it on the floor? Can we do the apron? Yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, less people want to take that sunset bomb these days. I know Doki takes it. He's, he's amazing. But uh, Hiromu sends, <laughs> sends him into the guardrail. There's a triangle choke on Rush, but he makes it to the ropes. Hiromu does another one Canadian style, just hanging uh, Rush on the ropes with, with that choke. Then there's a suplex to the floor. Rush takes control. They kind of like slap each other's faces before they kind of start getting, getting the move on again. It's not a huge slap fight, but it's enough to be like, oi, <clears throat> fucking let's go. <laughs> Hiromu, like, uh, Rush gets onto the top rope to do a move, and then uh, Hiromu's like, yeah, fuck that, so he gets under the ropes, which doesn't really stop Rush at all, Because and then he hits a bottom rope springboard moonsault thing onto Hiromu, almost a 20 count, but Hiromu gets back into the ring, there's a short stunner by Rush, pop-up powerbomb by Hiromu, then a poison runner by Rush, and then this move that he does called the Rush Hour, which is a little bottom rope springboard stunner kind of move, it's like that backpack stunner, I guess. Uh, there's a top rope corner battle and a frog splash onto Hiromu's back, but Hiromu kind of like reaches up, grabs fucking Leo Rush, picks him up, and does a time bomb kick out. There's like a very, very, very short double down because uh, these men are not laying down for anything. It's fucking full steam ahead. By the way, all of this, this is like, I'm not even picking up everything, right? This is just so fast. There's a Spanish fly, uh, Hiromu tries his LIJ kind of pin. You know, they all have these pins now. Hiromu kicks out of a Falcon Arrow move. There's a final hour off the top rope, but no. 
Uh, Hiromu exploded in the corner. Fucking hell. A hard-fought kind of victory roll by Hiromu. And Yo's like, do it, do it, dude. And fucking Rush picks up Hiromu and does like a direct drive. Crowd's going fucking nuts. I'm like, oh, you can't hear because of my stupid squeaky chair, but there's lots of... (laughs) I got to get a new chair or WD-40 or something. Holy shit. (laughs) Even I marked out kind of for like the the direct drive. I was like, that's a nice little touch. I like that. He goes to the final hour, but Hiromu, he can't get legs up or anything, but he's able to just to kind of roll out and just in time the 20 minute call comes up and kevin's like what do you mean 20 minutes and i agree i'm like <laughs> telling me this is 20 minutes dude i even watched this match again and it didn't feel like 20 minutes fucking hell haromu knows he's got to pull out some stuff he doesn't always do or hasn't hasn't done hasn't done for a while so he pulls out like the dynamite plunger fucking hell Whew. and then finally he hits the time bomb to one, two, three. Jesus Christ, this match. Oh, my God. I absolutely <laughs> fucking loved it. That was fantastic. It's, it was fantastic. It, like, sometimes uh, the preview stuff promised this match was going to be just absolute balls to the wall nuts. And, uh, yeah, both men delivered. Loved it. And, uh, of course, Hiromu retains it. Oh. Sometimes Whew. the, like, preview match stuff is, like, a little bite size of the match that you're going to see, but it's the most exciting part. And it really doesn't get any better than the preview tag matches. Like remember, uh, you know, Tama Tonga and Goto, that was like, some that just happened. So like that kind of stuff can happen. Whereas this match was like, Oh no, that stuff in the tag matches. That's like just a little snippet of what we might do, but we're probably just going to do that for the whole match. That's what they did. They were just like all that shit where we did a hundred moves in like a couple seconds. Or just do that the whole match. And and there is time for them to sell still. You know what I mean? It's not a lot of time, but there's time. And this is like I feel like if this was in the best of super juniors, it would be up there as far as what you know most people would really enjoy about those kinds of matches. They'd be like, oh, this is a, a top one. And it's great too because I think that, you know, maybe Leo Rush wouldn't excel in a different style match as much as he does in this one, you know? So it's like playing to both their, their, uh, you know, strong points and kind of, you know, if there's any weak points at all in their game, you're not seeing it in this. So I, I really enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was fun. I also watched it twice. Uh, your notes were incredible. You just did a great job recapping that match. So guess what? You get to announce the next thing that happened, Luke. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was just like, you made me watch this twice, Rush and Hiromu, so uh, I'm going to do you boys right with the notes. So, uh, yeah, so, look, post-match, Zack Sabre Jr. comes out, and the crowd's freaking out. And then uh, and I'm like, why is everyone so freaked out? Like, they're not going to challenge. He's a heavy. And uh, <laughs> Well, he's got an open-weight yeah. title right now, though. So. Oh, that is true. But, uh, he's already got a challenger. But Zack Sabre Jr. comes out. He's like, hey, hey, chill out, dickhead. I'm not here to fucking wrestle you. It's fine. That's fine. You know, I'm just, uh, I'm just out here to, uh, yeah, tell you who your next challenger is and the newest member of TMDK. And uh, you see this little package start, and I see the Sydney Opera House in the background. I'm like, oh shit, another Aussie yeah. boy. And I'm just like, all right, another Aussie boy. Are we being swerved here? I think we're being swerved. And 
it took me a couple seconds because they're not showing it really uh, this man's face. But as soon as I see the arm tattoos and stuff, I'm like, oh my god, it's fucking Robbie Eagles. <laughs> and sure enough, he turns around. You see the shirt, TMDK, pans up to his face, and is just like, I'm gonna whoop your ass because the mighty don't kneel. I'm just, oh my god, yes. Oh my god! They and by swerved this everyone. I'm like, there was rumors uh, circling around that uh, you, know, you know that uh, Robbie Eagles had joined the United Empire. Yeah. And, and uh, the story they gave his, for his reasons for choosing TMDK is, oh, his third fiddle in the juniors in the uh, in chaos. Oh, it's Yo, Leo, Rush, and Robbie Eagles. Robbie Eagles is just like, fuck you guys. I'm going out. I'm out of here. I'm going to TMDK. Same reason Sonata t- left, right? Yeah, a very similar reason. So, yeah, because he was the third fiddle of the heavies. He's the one that's yeah. not going to get the title because they're going to give it to Naito or, or Shingo, right? So, yeah, I'm – fuck, I was just like, oh, my God, that is fucking cool as hell. I even tweeted out, I'm like, dude, what the fuck? This is awesome. So, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Nice little. They're finally doing something with him, you know. This this will be something for him to do because, like, being a good wrestler and not having storylines to, you know, do. I mean, that's lame. So I'm glad that they're doing something with him because he'll do great and he's gonna have a blast with those guys. Now, my question for you is: more or less bandanas on TMDK version of Robbie Eagles, and what's the historical significance of this? Like, because I don't know the history of TMDK, but they're like I'm, an Aussie thing, right? So, like, have you ever <laughs> been involved uh, with them before? So, I I'm, think you would have. I'm uh, unfortunately an Australian who isn't an expert on Australian wrestling. <laughs> uh, I like, I'm uh, two Very. hours away from Melbourne, and uh, I lock myself in, in, in the house and watch m- m- wrestling from uh, Japan. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, I have to think that like Robbie's probably mates with Shane Hayes and Mikey Nichols I'd be surprised if they aren't uh so uh feels like a good fit you got uh, three Aussie boys a, a young lion a Brit and hey there was uh I don't know where it happened but there was a show or something on in America where um Shane Hayes was tagging with big teats that's so, right uh, it doesn't look like they've forgotten about the bad dude so thank you I, I appreciate that I, so yeah, I. But I, I, I have to think like Robbie's worked with them before and wrestled with them and stuff, or against sure, them as well. A million but, times. They've probably been on the same side of the ring, the opposite of the ring, side of the ring a thousand times. Yeah, so that's why absolutely. I was just kind of like, kind of think they'd have to. Have. So I'm interested to find out. Maybe we should just ask Robbie, like, what's the historical significance of this as far as TMDK comes? Because I know, like I said, that's like the, that's a the most famous Aussie faction, right? Yeah. So, you know, since like the kangaroos or whatever. You know? <laughs> the um, kangaroos. That's true. That's true. The, the like flying kangaroos or whatever. That's like one of the famous tag teams from down there. And, and also we never talk about this, but back in the day you would have an Australian rules match and that would be a tag team match. And so like that would on an American card, that'd be like a attraction match. And so, uh, like, supposedly tag team wrestling in kayfabe was invented in Australia. 
so you know i don't know if it really was or not but that's always been like what you know how it's thought of over here by the old school dudes so i don't know there's a rich history of wrestling in australia and one of these days i'm gonna learn it so. and uh while we're on the uh, subject of team dk here's another guy who completely not completely changed his look but he got a new hairstyle and new music it's actually a junior so you know yeah he do did. that stuff a lot a lot of people changing i mean like we were talking about the youth movement and everything and how they were like, they just came out and, you know, had a whole press conference like, hey, man, we're not doing what Noah's doing. <laughs> we're going to do something different. We see how that's working for them. So here we are. Although, I, you know, obviously they just had their biggest show of all time. So what the fuck do we know anyway? But yeah. it's nice to see, you know, all this stuff going on, this movement going on with and it's mostly young guys that are moving around. So anyway, so here we are. Main event, Luke. It's the New Japan Cup finals. And uh you know, we just saw like a as good as it gets kind of juniors match. Uh, you know, can these heavies, can they, uh, you know, live up to the situation here? We'll see. So it's Finley versus Sonata. And uh, it's an even match, at, uh, you know, at first, of course. Finley's like really brutal and mean as he should be. It's a very good match. But I just kind of want to see what happens. Like, I don't really care about the match. I just want to see what the ending is, you know, which is good in a way i'm you know it's rare. well yeah it's rare in a match where i'm not worried about the wrestling and i just i'm interested in what the story is gonna you know come out with here so yeah. so the moves look awesome as usual between these two you know they're both very good and Sonata's trying to get his finishing sequence in like mid-match and uh moonsault attempts and he finally gets one of them there's a skull end and he sets up for uh, the, the new finish, but he does the big swing and Finley reverses it into a stunner somehow. And it's really cool. And then like something weird happens there. I'm pretty sure that like Sonata got hit with the stunner, but then he pinned Finley. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> something weird happened there. But uh, maybe I was uh, really tired or something, but uh, he goes not. for the O'Connor <laughs> role, but uh, it's a blue thunder bomb instead. Finley thinks he has Sonata right where he wants him. And so he tells him that. <laughs> he says, I got to right where I want you. So that uh, made me laugh. He hits a big spear for two, which was just underwhelming. That was a big moment in the match. And the spear was just kind of like, oh, okay. Then they hit huge moves and strikes back and forth. And it's really good. Everything looks great. Like I said, Sonata just wins, though, with his finisher. And you're like, oh, well, all right then. And um, Finley... You know, he's he's lost. So I guess he's disgraced. He goes to the back and, you know, Sonata is standing there in the ring with just five guys. And he calls out fucking Okada and makes it come to the ring. And Okada comes out and they yell at each other. And it's great. Well, you know, Okada yells. Sonata just kind of looks at him and points at his ear and stuff. But he's like, yeah, you know. I asked you to come out here, but now I need you to leave. Kicks <laughs> yeah. Okada out of the ring. I do like Okada at the start. Okada at the start is just like, where have you been? I've been waiting for you, you know, to, you know, to get out of, meaning like to get out of the shadow of the other guys and be like, come and step up. And uh, I don't know. I've seen this match a few times, Okada and Sonata. Uh, this is probably the one time they're wrestling together I'm probably the most excited for. He, and, uh, you know, you can't have Okada come out 
and him not be a complete jerk at some point. Right. Because <laughs> he didn't start yelling at him, going, I'm still going to fuck your shit up. <laughs> and then, uh, like, Sonata's like, you finished yelling? Yeah, fuck off. I'm celebrating. So uh, that was <laughs> that was funny. I like the commentary in this match, too, because, like, it's Kevin's talking about LIJ and how they're a group, but they're a group of individuals. And, you know, and everyone knows, like, if there's an LIJ singles match, the other members aren't really going to help you help you out if there's uh, mega cheating and stuff. It has to be like mega, 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 super mega House of Torture style cheating for LIJ to be like, well, I guess we'd better think about going out there maybe to help, maybe, probably. <laughs> so Kevin's like, maybe he didn't need to be in a group like that. Maybe he needed to be in a team full of dudes that are going to you know, be, come out, support him and have his back and shit. So I, I really like that touch. I like this match too. The only like the the main issue I have with it is it had to follow Hiromu versus Rush, and I'm just like, all right, you, the New Japan Cup is built to this match, and then you put it on after a, one of the fucking gnarliest matches I've seen in in, in a while. I I mean, I did see uh, Shooter versus Zack Sabre Jr. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like this fast-paced junior-style title match, which I think. I'm just gonna say, kind of over-delivered for me. Like it was, it was great. Hell, if you uh, if you can hold my interest twice, that's pretty good for my ADHD brain. So you've done something right there. But uh, I really like this match. But for me, it's all about my brain was already looking up, past the match. Like, what are the stories after this? What who's going to win? I was like you, like I was just like, wow, my brain's full of possibilities. What's going to? Just come on, get to the finish. Having said that, I really like the match and Sonata does a move that he he's pretty much does like most of Muda's moves in some way shape or form yeah right? that's true except yeah. for the shining wizard and he pulls a shining wizard out in this match which uh he doesn't often do I really liked Finley's intensity here uh and uh you've got uh, Sonata's stoic Kiru stoicism there as well like I don't know it didn't work for me as much as Russian Hiromu I don't see anything else on this card that kind of would but having said that I really liked it, and I was satisfied with the ending because, uh, hey, just five guys get a major win somehow in something, and I'm all for that. And the Finley story's not over. There's there's more more to tell, and uh, I'm not sure a win here would have progressed that story. I don't know. I, 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 I like it. I, I'm, I'm digging the booking. I'm digging where it's going. So I want to see what happens next. Yeah, it should be fun. There was a, a fun moment to it, you know, after Sonata has won, just five guys, they're standing there with him. Taichi's just got his hands in his pockets because he knows he can't. He'll he'll be like hugging on Sonata. Because he's so excited, he's just got his hands in his pockets. So, <laughs> speaking of that, I've been telling Charity, uh, oh, you should see Sonata now, man. It looks like... And and then uh, before the match came on, I was like, here, this is what Sonata looks like now. And I just put showed her a picture of uh, Kiru Kazuma from uh, Yakuza. But, uh, oh. <laughs> but uh, and I was like, wait, 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 don't go to bed yet. Sonata's coming out. And uh, he comes out and she's like, whoa. Yeah. He just settled down. And she's like, wow, I didn't realize it was that hot. I'm, and, uh, yeah, so uh, she's um, – she always didn't like Sonata because he looked like a goat man. And uh, it was it was a revelation for her to realize that he isn't a goat man. He is a <laughs> man man. 
<laughs> yeah, you can see his face now. You know, maybe he'll move it around. We'll see. You know, he seemed pretty excited about uh, winning the the you know the trophy. There was like before the trophy made it in the ring, he was like looking at it, and you could tell he wanted it. And it was like ah, you know, I don't know. It was like it, <laughs> he was like doing the other parts of pro wrestling he doesn't ever do. So maybe that's been the problem the whole time. But uh, I don't know. Um, it's I'm glad that this is all working and it's, it was a good new Japan cup, you know, well, I was, I got, I got to admit right in the middle of it, I was full of hyperbole. I was like thinking this is the greatest new Japan cup of all time after that Zack Sabre jr. Showed a match, but that was the high water mark. And it was, uh, it wasn't all downhill from there, but it was uh, maybe level ground, you know, once we got to a certain point. So, yeah. I'd agree with that, but uh, I had an absolute blast watching the shows. Excuse me. Uh, interacting with the the people on the Tweety on the nights that uh, people were uh, up and about for. So, you know, it's uh, it's tournament season. Uh, even the most diehard uh, people from uh, other countries <laughs> aren't going to be up for every show. So, there were some lonely nights on the on the Tweety, but it was uh, generally a, a really cool, fun time great wrestling and there's stories galore there's stories oh man those stories go into this there were stories set up in this and there's stories after this we're story city right now it's awesome yeah it's true well uh luke we got two more things to do today would you like to uh hear what's been going on in ring of honor hell yeah i would let's would do you that like- our friend Ian to tell you about what's going on with Ring of Honor? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, it turns out he sent a, a voicey email, as he does. And uh, this is the Ring of Honor review for the one that aired on March 16th. Hi, Luke and Andy. This is Ian with another Ring of Honor review. We're on to the third show from the same couple of days of taping, so let's hope that momentum doesn't slow down at all. Spoiler, momentum might slow down a little. Not in the first match, though, where Claudio Castagnoli wrestled Willie Mack with a shot at the ROH title on the line. I love Willie Mack, who is a big guy who helped create the space for people like Keith Lee and Will Hobbs. I love champion challenger matches. I should love this match. And I liked this match. There was cool stuff in it but there were also two guys not quite meshing. I hope they bring Willie into ROH more and let him get comfortable, and then let him and Claudio go at it again. But as it is, sure, fine. Speaking of sure, fine, here's Mike Bennett out to challenge Dante Martin. Actually, that's unfair. Bennett is fun as part of his weird rough little unit. He does the wrestling and Matt does the Taven. Dante continues to be absurd, having gone from being the high-flying kid to being a seasoned ring technician. He's super physical in this match, at one point hitting a package powerbomb that just crumples Mike Bennett up like a paper towel. Dante wins, then gets attacked by Matt Taven. His brother comes out, and we have the setup for a match, which is great, but I also want to see Dante do more than this. Put him and Darius in Super Juniors. Let them compete for the IWGP tag belts. They'll have fun and they'll put on great matches. Next up is a nice dose of nonsense. Ari Davari and Slim J versus Metalik and Blake Christian. 
And it turns out the way you solve Blake Christian's slight blandness problem is by teaming him with someone super exciting. Metalik shines in this match, and their team looks great together. Ari and Slim J are low-level heel goobers, but I like a good low-level heel goober. Following this, we get a double video package for Mark Briscoe. First of all, he makes it clear how important the TV title is to him, and how much it matters that he's facing Joe for it. Good stuff, and makes their upcoming match feel like it has stakes. Then we get on-show confirmation that he's dropping the tag belts, but doing so by putting them up in a ladder match, the Reach for the Sky match dedicated to Jay. That's nice, and that also lets Mark walk away and onto new things. Next up, we get Eddie Kingston versus Jeeves K. For those who haven't seen him before, Jeeves K is beyond staple VSK. He does some comedy stuff. Eddie murders him and then shakes his unconscious hand, which is pretty good. It's good stuff, but I hope we get a serious Eddie match soon. Up next, we have an Athena sighting as she faces Hian. I've heard of Hian, but I've not really seen her before, and she looks good for the short time she's there. It's a shame she and Athena don't get a chance to put on a show here, as the priority is clearly to establish Athena as a killer, something ably done with a murder bomb to the floor. Hopefully they run this back at some point. Backstage we get Metalik and Blake Christian, who are joined by AR Fox as a trio. So we have a trio where Metalik is the best talker. That's saying something. Next up, we get the return of Silas Young facing off against Marcus Cross. Marcus Cross has anime hair and seems pretty talented. He's certainly good at taking a beating from Young. I'm not sure if Young's style works well for me. He's capable, but my standards for Bitter Old Bastard are set pretty high by Minoru Suzuki and the roster of Pro Wrestling Noah, so that's a pretty high bar to clear. Post-match, Young declares himself unchallenged, at which point Shane Taylor comes out and challenges him. And I do like Shane Taylor, I'll be happy to see him do more. Young is a decent opponent for him, so I'm interested to see where this goes. Backstage, Athena bullies Lexi Nair and demands Yuka Sakazaki as an opponent. I want this. I really want this. Funnily enough, two days after this aired, Yuka lost her title in Tokyo Joshi Pro, which frees her up for some real fun at a pay-per-view if they want to do something. Next up, we get Dalton Castle and the boys facing off against the Embassy for the six-man titles, which gives a nice dynamic of big heels and plucky faces. Everyone in this match is fun and does their jobs well, but I do want to put in a special word for how much better Toa Leona has got. When I first saw him, he was an immobile lump on AEW Dark. Now he's an entirely passable big man, and he's getting better. This match could have gone either way, but I was actually really quite glad they kept the titles on the Embassy. Sometimes having good, dominant heel champions for a little while is pretty good fun. Post-match, Khan and Toa Leona murdered the boys, prompting Metalik and friends to come out for the save. That's a varied enough trios pairing that you could have a lot of fun with it. In our next match, Madison Rain faces off against Trisha Dora. Now, everything I've read says that Madison Rain is a really nice person, a good coach, and a very helpful presence backstage, and I really hope all of that is true, because as a wrestler she is the definition of unmemorable. I've seen her wrestle for more than a decade, and I couldn't tell you a thing about her. Trisha Dora, on the other hand, is an absolute diamond. She's got the look, 
she's got the skills, and I just want to see her beat people up. And thankfully, she brings the fight to Madison hard with a decisive win. The best thing about Ring of Honor shows is the hidden gems, and we get a really shiny one next. Christopher Daniels and Matt Seidel face off against the Outrunners. That's Truth Magnum and Turbo Floyd. Turbo Floyd. If you're in need of two super fun retro underneath guys who will live the hell out of their gimmick, I have the two guys for you. They lose pretty handily as we're debuting Daniels and Seidel as a team, but I enjoyed every minute they were in the ring. And post-match, Aussie Open come out to challenge Daniels and Seidel. Ring of Honor booking isn't complicated, but if it gives me pairings like this, I'm fine with uncomplicated. And in our main event, we get another defense of the pure title as Clark Connors challenges Wheeler Utah. It's no surprise at all that this match whips. Connors is a great rugged babyface. Utah is really developing as a technical heel, especially in a rules-bound match where the cheating possibilities are much more interesting. He punches Connors in the face behind the ref's back, then takes a blow in return as the ref is looking. He makes Connor use up his rope breaks. He bends every rule and looks good doing it. And the best part is he doesn't necessarily need to. Connors would have a chance in a fair fight, but Utah would still probably have won. And in an environment where Utah's willing to take every opportunity, it's no surprise to see the champ retain. It's a good match if you get the chance to see it. But the really interesting thing is what happens post-match, where Utah talks trash about the LA Dojo, then drops cross-legged in the middle of the ring and challenges Katsuyori Shibata. And after the past few weeks of Hila Utah, I really, really want to see Shibata take this kid's brain out and put it back in again. Ring of Honor shows are starting to fall into a rhythm for me. 50% predictable matches to reintroduce talent, 50% competitive matches. Lots of guys coming out post-match to challenge people, lots of simple stories chugging along. If your favourite part of wrestling is the wrestling, this is the show for you. Thanks guys, and until next time, keep it honourable. Alright, thank you very much Mr. Ian. Now that awesome review of Ring of Honor... And, uh, man, that's, like, I've loved, ever since Lucha Underground has finished, I've loved seeing all the Lucha Underground guys pop up here, there, and everywhere. But one of the guys I haven't seen pop up anywhere near enough for my liking is Willie Mack. So, I don't know, is he just on this show? Is he, like, a full Ring of Honor, like, uh, roster guy? Because he's a great signing. I'd sign the Mack. Uh, as he was known in Lucha Underground, I, I think he's fucking awesome. And seeing, I, I never thought I'd live in a universe where I'm like, wait, Willie Mack wrestled Claudio Castagnoli? That's fucking cool, dude. Yeah. He yeah. uh, he did a move where he humped the mat. I saw the uh, gif. I couldn't help to not you know to miss that, but not miss that. But uh, you remember, like, I think one of my favorite matches of his in Lucha Underground was in Lucha Ultimate Lucha One. It was, uh, I think it was the main event of the first night or maybe the opener. It was Willie Mack versus Brian Cage. Oh and like, there is like, there is, you know, wrestling's about these moments. And sometimes it's about these like amazing camera shots. And, you know, you got Brett versus uh, Owen and they got the overhead cam and you see him doing the fucking chain wrestling, like that kind of thing. Like there's a, a shot in that match where Willie Mack hits a stunner on, um, 
on uh, uh, Brian Cage from, and they have the mm. overhead camera. And it yeah. is just the greatest shot of a stunner of all time. And then, like, I think Brian Cage hits him over the head with a fucking, like, cinder block, and that's how he wins. <laughs> I think so. They they even had a trilogy of matches, like, as well. Like, great. their chemistry was off the charts. By the way, uh, I also like the, uh, the, the, the Outrunners tag team names, Truth Magnum and Turbo yeah. Floyd. I have to imagine if uh, they want to become a trio, they're going to have, like, a auditions for the third person and uh it's going to be like no you're not allowed to be in the turbo team yes you could be in the turbo team <laughs> anytime i can get a think you should leave a uh, reference in there i'm gonna do it <laughs> when season Good. three coming out i busted one out last week and you did you know sold me i think i did i heard it on the replay right I, I was listening back to see how the episode turned out and because i love the sound of my own voice obviously and i heard it and i <laughs> burst out laughing so i was like Fuck podcast me because listen to me was just like that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great. Yeah, man. There's uh like I, I was really interested to hear about Willie Mack, of course, and then Silas Young. So like that guy, he had a really cool feud with um with uh Dalton Castle and the boys, and they did. I I know this is like outdated type shit, but man, it was so funny. And what it was is that uh like they did a gimmick where Silas Young won control of the boys, basically. Right? So he won, he like cheated to win a match, and so he gets the boys. And so they're like hanging out with him, and he's gonna teach him how to be a real man, right? And he, he tries to show him how to like fucking change a tire, and they don't know what to do. But the best one was that he takes them and shows them how to use a urinal, and they keep trying to sit on it. And he's like, no. It is outrageous. So I always liked him. He's just a funny character. And um, I had a, a couple interactions with him <laughs> at Ring of Honor shows that were pretty cool. Um, but Dalton Castle, man, I mean, that act, him and the boys, that is that is oh. like the modern gorgeous George. It's like it, it might be one of the best gimmicks of all time. It is so incredible. And like, I just... I feel like that there's no I don't understand why he's not champion of the world. <laughs> I don't get it. He's like, you know, I usually don't think like that. I just go, oh, well, there must be a reason for this or that. But that gimmick is so strong and he's such a decent wrestler. He's like good enough to be to do whatever. He's not like the greatest ever, but he's he's not bad. And like, why is he not the champion of WWE and New Japan and every fucking place he goes? I don't get it. Yeah. He, see, I I don't watch a lot of Ring of Honor, so I missed a lot of his stuff. But I remember the first time I saw him come out, I'm like, God damn it, that's a that's like a just off key version of Radio Gaga. I don't know anything about this guy, but I'm in. And then I saw him <laughs> wrestle him and the boys. I'm just like, yeah, I'm so in. This guy's amazing. So yeah, uh, I love me some Dalton Castle whenever I get to see him. So hell yeah. And then yeah, uh, we got the New Japan connection up in here. Mr. Guy with uh, Clark Connors versus Wheeler Yuta for the pure title. And uh, they're establishing the uh, Blackpool Combat Club guys as uh, heels, Mr. Andy, at the moment on AEW. So it makes sense it's going to transfer over into the Ring of Honor stuff. So, uh, yeah, man, this match, uh, I'm pretty sure these guys would have had a Super Juniors match unless they were in different blocks. I can't remember. But uh, this match sounds like it would have been a good time. I don't know if uh, it's a good idea for you. 
What's Yuta doing now? Is he doing the uh, fucking Zack Sabre Jr. thing where we, we thought that Zack Sabre Jr. at one point was just going to challenge all the Shibata boys and then Shibata yeah. himself? Seems like, because it seems now like uh, Will Yuta has just been like, oh, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll do that. But uh, yeah. it's a good way to get your fucking block knocked off too. <laughs> well, I mean, good for him. I mean, I, you would have to think that Shibata wants to wrestle him. It's not just like, you know, something AEW put together just for fun. Oh, definitely. So, uh, you know, but I'm, <clears throat> I'm interested in Aussie Open being a Ring of Honor too because, you know, they're they're kind of everywhere all of a sudden, right? Like Mark Davis That's put that tweet right out. Now. He's like, he's like, we don't have any bookings. And all of a sudden, they're like on every promotion, every company. So that was pretty fun. Yeah, they were on uh, AEW not not too long ago as well, and uh, they're probably going to be on uh, Forbidden Door and stuff. Dude, there are eyes on you, Aussie Open. Everyone loves you, and I, and I feel like after a New Japan Cup like that, be surprised if New Japan doesn't love your ass as well. So just it's fine. You, you, you'd be right, boys. And besides, even if you don't have a contract, I think you're both good enough uh, as, either as a team or uh, solo. Uh, people would be absolutely stupid not to want you on their cards or in their companies. So, yeah. All right. Now, uh, oh, did you have any more Ring of Honor-ish things to add, Mr. Guy? No. I think, uh, you know, Ian said it best when he said, hey, if you like wrestling, and that's it. This is what you got, you know. (laughs) But that's kind of what Ring of Honor was, you know. It was just pure wrestling pretty much, so, you know. Because, uh, speaking, we got to a very, we got to the uh, New Japan Cup fireworks factory really fast, but there's one that we've been dawdling for uh, maybe the last two episodes, so like a couple weeks almost, and, uh, that is a wrestler diary. So anyone who hasn't uh, listened to many of our episodes, uh, I think uh, starting late last year or maybe early this year, we we found out about wrestler diaries that you, that you can get if you're a member of uh, the New Japan Pro Wrestling Fan Club. And we're not. Uh, I feel like doing a podcast and uh, writing notes and doing all the shows. I think that's enough. But uh, – one of our listeners is a member of that fan club, and we appreciate that very much because Jay is kind enough to send us a diary every once in a while of uh, of the various wrestlers, and uh, we read them out for you. So uh, we have another one. It is episode 105. It is dated February 19th, 2023. I might have said who it was before, maybe a previous episode or something, but it is a Shingo Takagi diary entry. So, yeah, right. oh, we've got a uh, nice little photo of a mountain in Japan and the sun. Uh, I'm not sure if that's Mount Fuji or not. I don't know. I'm sure they've got more than one mountain or something like that. I, 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 I'd assume so. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> Fuji's the only one I know. Anyway, February 19, 2023. And there's another photo here of Shingo looking awesome. February 11, Osaka, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship match versus Kazuchika Okada. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's this going to be about? Holy shit. 32 minutes, 7 seconds, finished with a Rainmaker. That's right. I lost against Okada. Have I hit rock bottom? I really don't want to think that's the case. I remember what the champion said to me during the preliminary matches. 
you have to win this title match or it's meaningless. Yes, <laughs> that's what he said. But it's also important to show momentum in the preliminary, pre, preliminaries to express your feelings about the title match. After the match, I went back to the hotel and bumped into Naito in the lobby. Hey, why'd you lose? You idiot. If I had hit my finisher, I would have won. Well, maybe you should have done that then. LOL. Shut up. This conversation gives me a bit of insight into our relationship. That's right. I didn't get to hit my finishing move. Even if I dominate the match, if my shoulders are pinned to the mat for a three count, I lose. <laughs> Listening to the full house, cheer me on definitely gave me a boost. So I went on the offensive to get the crowd's attention. There might have been a moment of hesitation or a mistake. There are no excuses. It's just, it's a complete defeat. It's just, I don't want to think that losing is meaningless. The fact that I was able to fight in a place where people were cheering for me to be able to fight a Carter at the height of his power. I think back to two years ago, after I lost to Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, I I deep in the darkness, and then I rose back up. There's still 10 months left in the year. There are plenty of chances for the Jaragon to rise again. Throughout the match, I think I showed that I was serious about getting revenge on Okada and winning back the IWGP. I'm going to use this match as a kickstart, even though I'm 40 years old. What? (laughs) My ambition is still there. On 17th of February, I visited Hamaguchi Gym where I also did some filming for YouTube. And there's a photo there of uh, Shingo in a snazzy pink shirt and his uh, title uh, with some uh, other people. February 17th is coincidentally the day I moved to Tokyo in my third year of high school, 2001, and joined the Hamaguchi Gym. 22 years have passed, but as long as I've been a wrestler, I've never forgotten the passion I had at that time. I will continue to push forward as a professional wrestler with conviction, determination. I'm fired up! And with that, guess who? Wow. That was a good one. He he talked about wrestling the whole time. The whole time. Wow. Listeners, that's the first diary we've read out where the whole thing is about wrestling. Every other one is just like an anecdote about needing to pee. No, I will do this in the sauna. <laughs> Molotov cocktails, Kanemaru going on a pub crawl, boring-ass Yoshihashi and his fucking sober noodles and being annoyed that there's too many people who want to worship the same freaking gods as he does. Wow, that's a bad thing, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> man. Oh, man, there's too many people in this church. Get the fuck out. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But one to actually talk about wrestling and give you a bit of an insight and stuff. Like, all right. Yeah, it was kind of nice. It was a different change of pace. I, I dug it. It was nice. It was good. I like the little uh, Naito cameos there, too. Yeah, like his advice is to use your finisher next time, which is something I've definitely yelled at a wrestler before, like, at a show. Like, it's like hey, that try your joke. finish. <laughs> you know? Like, fucking, maybe that'll work. What do you think? You know? I like. Hey, Dad, it hurts when I do this. Well, don't do that. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that kind of Well, uh... That was a good wrestler diary. It was like actually a serious, like real wrestler diary and entertaining yet all the same. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, that was a good pick, Jay. Thank you. That was, an, that was a great one. Uh, hey, two voice emails in one show. It's actually, it was kind of nice to. Man, this felt cruisy as hell. Man, I feel like Shooter. 
we got over the like the the massive hurdles of the New Japan Cup, and then we're just gonna talk about one show, and I'm just like, oh, man. yeah, you look as cool as him though. God no, no, he looked man, he looked like a fucking glowing god getting in that ring at that show, man. His like. They, they're starting to hit his uh, jacket with the Okada light, too. So he's like literally glowing. And it was like, damn, it's just, that is all working. All working. Yeah, sure is. Man, I don't even think like Charity would say that I, I looked anywhere near as cool as Shooter as well. So she'd be like, shut up, Luke. Get out of here. Maybe under the right lighting. You know, maybe you need a <laughs> jacket, too. You know? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, definitely she's not allowed to meet Sonata I've definitely decided that But <laughs> <laughs> well Luke the next show is Sakura Genesis yeah um, we oh, have no plans to twos, all... but yeah. Uh, uh, yeah maybe but I don't think so uh, you know maybe there is but uh, I thought we already talked about this and you told me there wasn't did you lie to me I guess I should have looked for myself um, yeah, but uh, I'm excited for you know, it's occurred Genesis. So I'm also excited to talk to you guys about what TV shows I've been watching, you know, in the meantime. And then, uh, you know, we have no plans at this time to watch the Multiverse United Only Strong Survive Impact Wrestling versus New Japan Pro Wrestling. Unless I can find it for free somewhere, I'm not paying for that. So just to let everyone know. Okay, so there are Road 2 shows starting on April 1st. I see. One, two. I don't know if all of these will be televised though. Like I can't find them on New Japan World, but if I go oh. to the uh, 72 yeah. page, there's fucking heaps of them. So that makes me feel like some of these might be house shows. Because we do need one, two, three, four. Do we need five house shows before Secure Genesis? No. I'm not entirely sure we do. So, but uh, if we do, I'm definitely going to watch the shit out of them anyway. Whatever. Do we have a match lineup here for the the show? No, just the uh, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship match. So yeah, we know what's going to be on it though. It'll be all those title matches they've been teasing. Oh yeah. You know they set up over the past couple shows, and you know a couple other things too, and then some tag matches. Can we get uh, can we get Catch Twenty Two back, please? Uh, I miss them. Yeah, yeah, they need to come back for sure. Cause like. You know, Leo Rush and Yo, if if Leo Rush is going to stick around, those guys need to feud again. Like, that was really good. That would yeah. be good for all of them. You know, I wouldn't be mad at that. Because who, if not, it's got to be Kanemaru and Doki versus uh, Catch 2-2, which they just did that too, didn't they? Hmm. Triple threat? Yeah. I'm just trying to think of who's the, uh, you know, uh, it would be Teton's gone. So it would have to be Titan Bushi Karomu. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, maybe we'll get another juniors team somewhere. What about the TMDK juniors team? There's got to be one, right? What, of mm. Robbie Eagles and Kosai Fujita? Yeah, that's not good. Mm. They're a small team. I can see them maybe adding another junior or two later, or I can see like uh, Fujita pissing off an excursion and coming back and joining them. I don't know. That's a years away, my friend. But Yeah, I know. I know. Anyway, well, yeah, there's a stupid impact show. I hope you guys enjoy it. That's the one that has Shane Haste and bad dude Tito uh, fucking big teats versus uh, Aussie Open. So that'll be great, you know, but I'm not paying for it. (laughs) I hope he, oh, yeah, he's in a uh, impact tag team championship four way, which has Aussie Open, uh, bad dude Tito, Shane Haste, 
Ace Austin and Chris Bay. Oh, cool. And the Motor City Machine Guns. God damn it. I'm not, paying, I'm not buying this either. No, that match and sounds I think amazing. It's like one of those ones that'll show up on the, uh, you know, on, down the road. So, <clears throat> and like Mike Bailey was supposed to face who, by the way, Mike Bailey, probably the top indie guy right now. Like he's absolutely incredible. Uh, so anyway, he's he was supposed to face Will Ospreay on this night, which would have been incredible. But Will Ospreay's hurt, so guess who's stepping in, Luke? Who? The ace is fucking stepping in. So Mike Tanahashi. Yeah, he gets to wrestle Tanahashi, which is very cool. That was the news thing from this week. But the main event of that match is the Josh Alexander versus Kushida match that we saw kind of like a little preview of, mm. uh, you know, back in the day there, whenever on one of them shows, if I remember. And Jeff Cobb versus Moose would be a, a fun time as well. So, you know, it's uh, it looks like a perfectly fine show. I hope everyone loves it. But uh, I like that uh, Will Ospreay's like obviously one of New Japan's top guys. He's he's out injured, and so you know they still want people to kind of check this pay per view. So uh, we need another big star. Uh, what about you, Tanner? Yeah, okay. Good choice. That'd be a good match. So. But yeah, that'll probably show up on New Japan World down the you know down the road, maybe a week later or something like that, and then we can talk about it and be like, hey, did you watch that? And we'll be like, ah, I kind of watched the, the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I think. Uh, did we? Uh, how long are we gone? Oh, not too bad. All right, cool. I was worried that we'd have like 40 minutes of wrestling to talk about, and that's about it. But no. We managed to string it out. <laughs> We've That's thing. released enough content this week. It'll be fun. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think uh, some people are tired of our voices. Uh, I, I know I'm not, but uh, some people might be. <laughs> Charity, Charity gets tired of mine sometimes, maybe. Yeah. But uh, all right. So unless Mr. Guy has, uh, has anything to add, Ingato, we trust.